0: Tonight we're going to look at Exodus 13 17 to verse 22 and Deuteronomy chapter 8 to 2. <clears throat> I can't see way back there. They should take my driver's license. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them on the road through the Philistine country. Though that was shorter, For God said if they face war, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led the people around by the desert road toward the Red Sea. The Israelites went up out of Egypt ready for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him because Joseph had made the Israelites swear an oath. He had said, God will surely come to your aid and then you must carry my bones up with you from this place. After leaving Sukkoth, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or night. Neither the pillar of crowd by day or, nor the pillar of fire by night left its place in front of the people. <clears throat> There's verses 21 and 22 also. Or if you can show Deuteronomy 8:2 please. Be careful to follow every command I'm giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. Tell your neighbor it was worth it. Have you ever had a dream that was inspired by God, but it didn't happen quick enough? It didn't happen when you want it to happen or the way that you want it to happen. Yes. So you work at it. But it seems that many obstacles begin to come your way against that God given dream. Finally, you give up in despair, or the dream gets a back burner and lays dormant in your life. I want to give you something that I practice that keeps me from quitting, and I want to give it to you. Are you ready? Don't quit! Don't quit! Do not quit! You might feel like it, but don't do it. I'm glad that I didn't give up on my marriage. I'm glad that my mama didn't give up on me. Hallelujah. Now we get to live out the promises. Why? Because we didn't quit. Did we feel like it? Heck yeah. Heck and yeah. Here's a little poem. Between failure and success... The point is so fine. We sometimes do not know when they touch the line. It's going to get corny here, but forgive me. Just when the pearl was waiting, one more plunge. How many a struggler has thrown up the sponge? Then take this honey from the bitterest cup. There ain't no failure except in giving up. Amen. God had given and inspired. He inspired a dream inside the hearts of the the Israelites, the promise he gave to the Israelite people. They dreamed of a land flowing with milk and honey. This was a God-given dream that he gave the Israelites. He gave them a dream of a land of freedom. He gave them a dream that was going to be freed from the evil taskmasters of Egypt. And scholars say that that trip from Egypt to the promised land should have took no more than one or two weeks. However, it took these people, the Israelites, over 40 years to arrive to the promised land. And some of them did not even enter. In Exodus 13, 17, it says there, And it came to pass when Pharaoh had let the people go that God led them through the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, let's preadventure the people repent when they see war and they return. Another verse for them turning around, another word would be repent, meaning turn around. There was a shorter way to go from Egypt to the promised land. But God sent them on the longer route. Why do you think God didn't take them on a the short route? Because that route was through the land of the Philistines, their enemies. And this was going to maybe include, without a doubt, a battle that they weren't ready for. You and I, when we come out of Egypt, when we first get saved, we ain't ready for heavy-duty battles yet. We got to be trained to fight. You don't go into a fight without some training. You're going to get whooped on. Huh? If one of you that ain't never uh, exercised a day in your life got in the ring with Andre Ward, I want to borrow money because I'm going to put my money on Andre Ward. You're going to lose because you ain't been trained to fight that kind of fight. And so he took him on the long route to train him. Are you following me? Are you following the Word of God? You see, we find in this scripture that God did not take His people through the short route. When God wants to take you somewhere, He might take you through the long path. You might ask, Why did God take them the long route? Why did He cause the Israelite, the children of God, to a delay in their promises? This delay was designed by God for a reason. Your and my delays are from God for a reason. The reason why you're not getting your promises yet might just be because God is choosing to take you the long path to prepare you for what's about to come. Let's look at three ways that God uses delays in your and my life. Number one, If you're listening on podcasts, you might want to quit your marriage today. You might want to quit on your children today. If you're here, I want to tell you, do quit. Why am I up here today? To show you not to quit. I have grandchildren today because God keeps his promises for those that don't quit. I'm here today because my mama didn't quit praying for me. Don't you dare quit. God uses delays, number one, to prepare us. The Israelites were a slave people, and they weren't ready for war. And God knew that they weren't ready for war. They wouldn't be able to handle the battle of the Philistines. They weren't taught how to fight. In Egypt, they were slaves. There's no way they taught them how to fight. They might rise up and kill them. They had no clue how to fight. So they had to go through the desert to learn how to fight. You and I need to learn today how to fight. We need to learn today to fight spiritual battles. We need to learn today to not let lies into our hearts and our minds. We need today to learn how to pray to God and read our word We need to go through these struggles because if life was too easy, you and me wouldn't hit our knees. Can I get an amen? Through the struggles in my marriage, put me on my knees. Pastor Stevens' mama would say, you want to get to know God? Get married. But you don't quit. You got to learn how to fight. Every dream has its difficulties. God uses delays to get us ready for those difficult times that may come, and they will come. We're going to face, during our course and our journey, struggles and obstacles and battles. It's a guarantee. These delays are designed to strengthen our faith. I said they're designed to strengthen our faith. How does faith get strengthened? By hearing and hearing the word of God. From victory to victory. From glory to glory. And nobody gets a victory without a fight. And if it's a small fight, it's just a small victory. If you want a big victory, baby, you're going to go through a big fight. The greatest victories are after the greatest battles. And these delays are designed to strengthen her faith so that we can have victories when we have battles and not lose because we're not prepared. Number two, God uses delays to test us. In Deuteronomy 8.2, it says, God led you through the wilderness for 40 years. 40 years testing you to find out how you would respond and if you would obey him. When you're going through a hard time, how are you going to respond and are you going to be obedient to the voice of God at that time? Or are you going to be obedient to your own voice? I'm going to give you a little side note for free. Unless you want to give me a Holy Ghost like Pastor Darrell's child he was asking for. He has one kid. I have eight grandkids and two more on the way. come on. Come on. If we're not praying, if we're not talking to God and listening to God, Whose voice are we going to hear? We could think we're being obedient, but we're being obedient only to our own reason. And what happens when you're reasoning? You reason out God. Come on, somebody. God has no room in reason. God don't fit in a box or two plus two. But when you're praying and when you're reading... And God's speaking to you, and you're hearing His voice, and you're obedient, then you can pass the test. What do you do when you have delays in your life? God uses delays to test how you're gonna respond under pressure. Huh? You're gonna be like a tack or a watermelon seed. He tests our loyalty and obedience to Him. Are you really loyal? We all can say we're loyal. I've seen a lot of guys tell girls, I love you. But as soon as the first battle, hey, where's that guy at? Ah, He's a bum. He jumped on the first thing, smoking. Huh? Commitment is proven under fire. Commitment is proven when you have the testing. I don't care what our mouths say. Neither does God. He tests you to see your loyalty and your commitment. God uses delays to train us. Because sometimes, folks, sometimes it takes longer to get Egypt out of us than it takes to get you out of Egypt. Come on, somebody. Huh? Huh? You've been saved for 10 years. In Egypt, you were taught to be a pimp. Uh. In Egypt, you were taught to be a gangster. Uh. In Egypt, you were taught to be a liar or uh, whatever. Then you come to church, man, and what happens after 10 years? Uh, you still got your pants way up here, and you're still walking, you know. Yeah, you still look like an Egyptian you still smell like an Egyptian you still talk like an Egyptian you still smell like an Egyptian sometimes delays are there because it takes longer to get Egypt out of you than you out of Egypt the culture and the habits of Egypt oh hallelujah it gets so ingrained in our hearts It gets so ingrained in our minds of the Israelite people. Am I talking to Victory Outreach? Huh? We have habits that God wants to change. We have ways of thinking that God wants us to change. We have been freed, but we still allow them to have control of our life. And it takes delays, baby. It takes hard times. It takes struggles. It takes valleys. It takes storms to get these out of us. God can bring them out of Egypt in one day. But man. 40 years and he couldn't get Egypt out of them. When you and I got saved, we had these habits and thought patterns that were from the world. The world didn't teach us God's ways. Huh? And now we get saved and we have to get reprogrammed by the renewing of the mind. Those thought patterns and habits, they came with us and God uses these delays for the renewing of the mind. Can I get an amen? Amen. And he trains you in his way of thinking. I said, his way of thinking. I said, his way of thinking and doing things. The best thing to do when you're in God's waiting room is to be patient. And let God do the work in your life. I tell you the truth, I became like a broke doctor. What does a broke doctor need? Patience. Me and a broke doctor got a lot in common. Sometimes God intentionally will lead you through the wilderness. But I believe when you're in the wilderness, it's your response that will determine how long you stay in that wilderness. That journey should not have taken 40 years. But it was their response to the testing that kept them in there longer. Longer. God will take you through the wilderness. There is no way to get to the promised land without a wilderness. But how long you stay in that wilderness determines on your response to the testing. Your test of maturity is how well you handle a delay in your life. When God doesn't give you the promises that you have and you're waiting How do you wait if you're a baby or if you're mature will determine your response during the delay? I'm a mature Christian. But why hasn't God given it to me? Oh, be quiet. You're not mature. I'm just telling you how I've gone through stuff. Thank God for a lot of guys holding my hands. You know what I mean? The children of Israel flunked this test of delay. They never made it through. Only two Israelites made it to the promised land. A whole generation had to die in the desert. The next generation got to go in. Only two of the first generation, their names were Joshua and Caleb. Joshua was about Pastor Darrell's age, about our age. I love Joshua. I love Joshua. More and more I'm feeling like, come on, let's do this, eh? Okay? Before I used to think I'm a little too old to do this. But I'm getting more game than a motor scooter. Pastor Emmanuel. Huh? Then the other guy, Joshua, was a youngster. Gang, put your texting down and focus up. When you're going through delays in your life, there's four things that we don't want to do. And I almost titled this another name, but sometimes we get bleeped around here. But each one starts with an F. (laughs) And I didn't want you guys to get up. But I just wanted you to remember these things. Don't do these four things. Don't do these four things. Don't fear. Don't fret. Don't faint. And don't forget. Don't fear, don't fret, don't faint, and don't forget. Amen? Amen. Pastor Emmanuel gave you all the names of the seven valleys. Reverend Matthew gave you names of the storms, how to tell what you're going through. Nobody listening to these sermons should be in a situation and not be able to tell where you're at. If you're focused up, you should know where you're at. And when you know where you're at, then you should know what adjustments need to be made to get where you need to go. And I'm going to tell you what not to do. Don't be afraid. Don't fret. Don't faint. And don't you forget. These are not times to be scared. In Exodus 13, it's where God tells Moses to go. And he promises him the land of milk and honey. Then you'll see Moses telling the Israelites about the promise that God had given them. Then in Numbers 13 and 14, you'll see the Israelites, they start murmuring and complaining. And they start talking about going back. They said, it might be easier if we went back. When you're in the time of your struggle, baby. When you're in the middle of your battle. When you're in the valleys. When the storm's coming, you're going to be tempted to want to go back. That ain't the time to be tripping. That ain't the time to be looking back. That's a time that you should look back on your schooling that already happened in the desert and say, I must have already been prepared to fight. And now it's time to practice what I've been taught. If I've been paying attention. You see him sending 12 spies from the 12 tribes to scout the land. In 14, you see the Israelites complained against Moses and Aaron, and all the people came together and said to Moses and Aaron, we should have died in the desert. This is the first mistake that the Israelites made. There's a lot of reasons for delays in your and my life, but this one, this one, this delay is not because of God. When you and I are afraid, that's not God's reason for delay. You can't say, I'm in this valley because God is trying to train me. You can't say that this is a storm that God has me go through to train me. No, my friend, that's a self-imposed valley. That's a self-imposed storm. That's your own fault. If you're afraid, it's not God's fault. It's your fault because he tells you to fear not. He tells you to have courage, man. All through the Bible, if you read it, he tells you that I'm with you. Do not fear. So that means that we're not listening. And we're not being obedient. That's your fault. They were afraid to go forward at the Red Sea. They were afraid to enter the promised land. Because of the walled cities and the giants, they said, we're afraid. Where is God trying to take you to? And what are you seeing there? And why are you afraid? Didn't God say that if I tell you to go, I'm going to be with you? The people were stronger and taller than them. Let me tell you something. There was giants in the promised land. But let me tell you something, my friend. You and I are created to live amongst giants. You're not no ant. You're called to live amongst giants. Let God get rid in the desert of that low self-esteem of all those cans in your minds and your heart, let them get removed in the desert. When you see giants, see equals. When you see giants, see yourself stronger and better because he who is within me is greater than anything. They had enough faith to get out of Egypt, but they didn't have enough faith to so get into the promised land. I'm going to let that sink in and take a drink. They had enough faith to get out of Egypt, but not enough faith to get into the promised land. What tears me up today is I'm seeing so many people, man, come and go. And I've seen it for decades here. Thank you. And it's because people get cleaned up. They come out of Egypt, but they don't finish the journey into the promised land. Somewhere they give up. Somewhere, man, they don't allow God to build them and encourage them. Somewhere during the testing and the training process, they don't allow themselves to get trained. Huh? Tommy Guns, you box out a babe's jib in Oakland, right? How many miles did you used to run a day? Huh? I bet you've seen a lot of people go to the gym that said they wanted a box, but when they were presented with the regimen of training needed to box, they quit. Same thing with Christianity. To get to the promised land, man, there's a desert of training and preparation. Everybody wants to have the promises, but the training, man, too many people are giving up and not going through it. I want to tell you guys that the training is worth it. He's worthy of it all, whatever the struggle, whatever the prize. Whatever you have to give up in that desert, it's worth it. Hallelujah. You had enough faith to get out of Egypt, but not enough to go into the promised land. They were afraid. The problem was fear. And fear will keep you in the wilderness, the desert, the barren stages. If you're in a desert today... If your life is barren and dry and hot and you don't want to stay there and you're saying, hey, I've been a Christian this long and it's still barren. I've been coming this long and it's still a desert. Well, then change the way you respond to your delays. Let God train you. Let God give you hope. What voice are you listening to in the times of your trials? Let God speak to you. Follow his instruction, baby. And I will tell you, he will lift you up. And he'll give you strength. Fear and faith cannot live together equally. I to—I stole Pastor Josie's horse. She'll tell you. I was a kid. We're in the desert. It was a far away to the next town. And they never left the keys to the car in the car. So I stole the horse. I got on that horse's says, "Go, a He threw me in the desert. And it's hot. And there's scorpions and everything else in that desert. And it's a long ways. So I said, come here, horsey. I'm sorry. Come here, come here, come here. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Forgive me. And when the horse got near me, it was way back in blazing saddle days, I hit it, right? Bam! don't you ever do that to me again. That horse was not going to let me be boss. And I wasn't going to let him be boss. Faith and fear, one of them has to be the boss. They can't live in the same house equally. If you're allowing fear to dictate your life, you can't walk in faith. Your faith has to be the boss of your fear. I said your faith has to be the boss of your fear. Many of your dreams have not been fulfilled yet. Why? Not because of God, but because of fear. Because you won't step out in faith. God says, don't fear. Don't be afraid. Fear causes delays in your life and it will keep you from moving forward. I want to step out and do what God tells me to do with my wife. But how about if this and this and this and that happens? Oh, shut up and just do it. Did I say that? Just do it. Don't be afraid. That's how it works. Then you'll see him work. Then your faith increases. And then you'll go to the next challenge with more gusto. From victory to victory. Huh? When you do it, he'll reveal more to you. He don't reveal more until you've done the little. Hello. Come on, guys. I want us to learn how to fight. The antidote of fear is to focus on God's presence. God's presence. Exodus 13, 18. But God led the people about, though the way of the wilderness of the Red Sea and the children of Israel went up, harnessed out of the land of Egypt. In 13, 21 and 22, it says, And the Lord went before them, You know, with the pillar of the cloud by day and the pillar of fire at night so that they could see and travel at night. Amen? You gotta know, guys, that God is with you. You gotta know that you're not alone. You got to know that God is with you because the promise that God has for your life, the promise that God has for your children, the promise that God has for your marriage cannot be done on your own strength. It cannot be done by direction of your own reason, but it has to be done by the direction of the Holy Spirit and the power of God. So you got to know that he's with you. You got to see him. You got to feel him. You got to know that he's there even when you don't feel it you feel me you gotta listen to his voice that's why you gotta learn his word you gotta learn his word cause the devil is cunning they tell me the devil is cunning do you know what the definition of cunning is he'll talk to you in your own voice so if you don't know the truth you can't spot a lie huh They say that counterfeit, people that could tell counterfeit, they don't have to study counterfeit money. All they got to do is study the real deal. That way anything counterfeit comes, they go, that ain't real. Get to know God and his voice. When you're afraid to go after the dream that God has given you, we need to focus on his presence. There'll never be a time in your life when God is not with you. He's with you right now he was with you in your valley, he was with you in your storm, he will be with you in your next valley, he will be with you in your next storm, they're gonna come, he'll be with you in your bad days, he'll be with you in your good days, he's with you when you feel it, he's with you when you don't feel it, he's with you always, he says I will always be with you, someone says there's 365, do not fears or fear nots in the Bible, that means there's one for each day, each day, get one. Use it. Memorize it. Stand on it. Amen? God's saying, no matter what you're facing, don't be afraid. Fear not, for I'm, not, I'm with you. Not because of positive thinking or motivational uh, tapes. That ain't what gets you through psychological bootstraps that you might want to hang on. You'll never face any situation in your life that God ain't uh, right there with you, facing it with you. Your deepest trial where you feel. Remember that poem that everybody had on the wall, of Footprints? When you think you're alone, you're not. He's with you. Don't be afraid, but focus on God's presence. Some of us are in the delay phase right now. We've been praying about something. We've been waiting on something that has not happened. I don't know what it is. But I bet you, man, at night, it's got you tripping. You start to think that God might have forgotten about you. God has not forgotten about you. God has not forgotten the promises that he's given you. It's a delay by design. It's a delay by God. God wants to build our character, and he wants us to learn to trust him. Huh? Every time my grandkids ask me for something, okay, I'm a big sucker, so what, eh? But I'm learning. I got to tell them no. Why? Because they got to learn something. Huh? You got to understand what's going on when you're in the valley. You got to understand what's going on when you're in the middle heat of the desert. You got to know that big papa loves you. You got to know that Big Papa's trying to teach you and shape you and mold you and get you ready for the promised land. Focus on that. Don't focus on the struggle. When you're training to fight and the burning sensation comes in your legs and your stomach, you know not to quit, that I'm going to make it in that ring when I fight, man. It's going to make me a winner, so I'm going to go through my training. I'm going to go through my pain. Whatever it is, if it's to rap, man, you know you got to practice and practice and practice. Why? Because I want to be good. How many Christians want to enter the promised land? How many Christians? The promised land is not heaven. It's when we learn to walk on his promises here on earth. This is the land of milk and honey. we got to want it so bad that we're willing to go through the training. So we're willing to go to the pain and the struggles. Not crying why, but knowing why. Because Big Papa loves me too much to leave me the same. God wants to build our character. You can count on him for his help. Don't be afraid. I'm going to have to go real quick here. Don't fret. What does fret mean? Worry rest in the Lord and be patient for him fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way that's Psalms 37 amen in the NCV it says wait and trust the Lord don't be upset when others get rich or when someone else's plan succeed don't get angry don't be upset it only leads to trouble okay, I'm going to break it down in Victory Outreach Bible Don't be hating, (laughs) homes. Be congratulating. (laughs) When you see somebody get a breakthrough, when you see somebody get blessed, thank God for them. Thank God for them. Don't be hating, huh? Don't be, where's mine, huh? Because comadre, you got that attitude, eh? Threat means worry. Don't get worried. Don't get uptight. When we do that, we get into delays. We worry. When we worry, we get uptight. When we get uptight, we get stressed out. When you get up stressed out, it will... It, 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 if Some people have to be stressed out. It gives them something to do. Huh? Ain't no dust flying. They got to kick some up. They, they're habitual drama queens or kings. It gives you something to do. But... The only thing that it will do for you is drain you of the strength that you need for the journey. That way, when the battle comes, you have no strength. Why? Because you were up all night struggling with your worry and your stress. God says, don't worry. Because now you can have the energy for me to take you to where I got to take you. Come on, somebody. Learn to trust in God and your delays. God says, don't fret. He says, don't worry. He says, don't get uptight about it. When we really grumble, uh oh. When we're complaining, uh oh. For God to act, we get in a hurry. Proverbs 19 says, and he sins who hastens with his feet. That means when you're impatient, you're about to sin. Okay? You're about to do a no no. You start listening to your own counsel. When we take matters into our own hands, we get in trouble. We start to try to help God out. Somebody told me, I looked at the Trinity the last time and they were all three capable. They don't need you to go help them out. All you gotta do is know they're there and be patient and listen and obedient. It's frustrating to be in a hurry. God isn't in a hurry. The Bible says with him, a day is like a thousand years. And a thousand years is like a, you think he's in a hurry? So you're just going to be tripping for nothing. He's larger than time. One of the most useful things to try to do is to speed God up. When you get impatient, you start trying to work it out yourself. You get a dream from God, and you know it's from God. You make the decision to go for it. I'm going to live for him. I'm going to trust him in my situations. And then when a delay comes, I said, when a delay comes, when you're believing in God for a promise, when you know that you heard from God and he's given you a promise in your marriage, in your children, in your finances, in your struggles, but it doesn't come right away. You start trying to figure out ways to make God's dream happen your way. You start trying to force the issue. Abraham did this when God told him he was going to give him a son at the age of 75. and Abraham uh, just wasn't happening. Sarah was incapable at the time. So he decided to have a child by Hagar, her handmaiden. I'm sorry, Ismael. And Abraham thought that he had a miracle child, and he named him Ishmael. God said that Ishmael was not the miracle, Abraham. That wasn't by my hands. It's not by my hands. That's not my doing. We can't do our own thing and think it's from God. That was just a normal conception, Abraham. That wasn't by me. He isn't the baby that I said would be the miracle baby. God bless Ishmael anyhow. Thank God. With a beautiful wife and children. God blessed Ishmael anyway and he became the father of the great nation and a father to all the Arabs. But God said that there would be another child. Later, Abraham had Isaac through who? Sarah, the girl that he said it would come from. But Abraham didn't believe that this was going to happen through the wife he had. So he tried to do it a different way. You don't give up on the marriage that you have. If God promised you during your delay, you don't try to do things your own way. I got eight grandchildren, two more coming because we didn't give up. Thank you, Jesus. Later, Abraham had Isaac through Sarah. Isaac became the father of all the Jewish nation. Don't fret, but trust in God's Rest in the Lord and wait patiently. It says in Psalms 37, 7. Resting in God is an act of faith and trust in God's timing. It means that you are waiting on the Lord. One time, Jesus and his disciples were in a boat, and Jesus fell asleep, and there was a storm. And they started panicking. Jesus told them to get in the boat and that they were going somewhere. That's a promise, right? But in the middle of the journey to go where he told them that they're going to go, they start panicking because there's a storm in the middle of the journey. And in the boat, Jesus Christ is asleep. What does that tell you and me? That they were panicking, but he was cool. Why was he cool? Because he ain't worried. He knows that they're going to get through the journey. He knows that they're going to get to their destination that was said and said. You and I got to have the same confidence that Jesus had in the boat. Don't be like the disciples and get all freaked out. Do you think that God is going to let this boat go down with me in it? Do you think that God, if you're following and listening to his commandments, is not going to let the promise on your life come to pass? Hello. When we get into a storm and when we lay awake all night and we fret about it, the very fact that you can't sleep because you're worried means that at that time we're not living by faith. Worry is not faith. The men and I were having this, 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 this discussion last night. And I was explaining how worries is sin. When you lose sleep concerned about the promises of God, that's not faith. That's obvious that you're not living by faith. If we listen to the valleys and listen to the storms, you should know where you're at. And if you're staying up at night worrying about something, you need to stop it. You need to stop it. You need to get a hold of God. Get a hold of him. Grab his leg. Cry out to him. Have that battle all night if you need to. But don't stop until you get a hold of him. And when you get a hold of him, do not let go of him. You hold on to him until he can refresh you. Until he can strengthen your faith again. Until you know that what he promised you is going to come to pass. Then you get up again. And you keep trucking. You can't get any sleep because you're not trusting that God will work it out. The verses say wait patiently for him to act. When you wait impatiently, it doesn't make anything better, does it? All being impatient does is what? Make us miserable. Don't fret and don't worry. It only leads to harm. The third one, don't faint. Now, I'm not talking about what Debbie did when she seen me. Huh. Don't faint. When you go through delays in your life, don't faint. Don't get discouraged. Don't lose heart, and don't give up. This is the third thing that the Israelites did wrong. This is their third mistake. That kept them out of the promised land, in Numbers fourteen. Numbers fourteen, it says that all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt, we should choose a leader and go back to Egypt, huh? When you start looking at your past with fond memories, when you start tripping, that your, the love and. And the and the, and the getting, uh, uh, what is it, diggy with wiggy with it, giggy, whatever you guys did out there. Huh? I don't look back at my past with any kind of glorification. I know how I used to wake up in the mornings. I remember those prison cells, Brother Eric, and thanks for the fingernail clippers. I think Eric lent me a fingernail pi- clippers and quit one time. I remember all the struggles. I don't look back fondly. The struggles that I'm going through today. And I know the promises that God has for me. I look at these children here singing and praising God. And I'm looking at our future. And it looks good to me if you and I don't quit. If you and I don't give up and die in the desert or go back. I'm looking at grandchildren. I'm looking at your children and my children with positive futures in mind. They started looking back. They caved in. They were in slavery for 400 years and now because they're having a little bit of a struggle, a little bit of a delay, they want to go back to Egypt. They're thinking if only if you're thinking, if only. If only they wouldn't ask asked me to do nothing. Why does asking you to do something frustrate you? I know why it frustrated me. Huh? I didn't have my breakthroughs yet. The first few years, Pastor Toby, you remember? Huh? I'd be out there grumbling in that parking lot. Every darn leader should be out here. Where's the leaders at? Huh? From parking. Should be for guests, not leaders. Pastor Willie, paint, paint. Pink guest. I didn't have my breakthroughs yet. But when you get a hold of God and God starts revealing Himself to you, all of a sudden, all you want to do is serve God. No longer are you frustrated when you're asked to do something. All you know is, is that I'm a builder of God, of the kingdom, and I'm a soldier for his honor and glory. You give me an order, and I'm showing up, and I'm going to obey my command. I'm going to build the kingdom. I'm going to build his family, and I'm going to fight for the honor and glory of the kingdom of God. Don't you faint. Don't get discouraged, and don't lose heart. And all the congregation lifted their voices and cried, and the people wept that night, and the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron and the congregation wanted to go, Huh? you start thinking maybe I didn't really hear from God at this moment. Maybe I made this up. Maybe God didn't call me. Maybe it was my mama always speaking to me in, while she rocked me to sleep. Maybe God isn't listening to me. Maybe he don't care about me. If only I'd done this and that different. Maybe because of my sin back here or there. Maybe if only I'd done this or that. These are things that happens when you're fainting. When you're about ready to step back. When you're about ready to stop moving forward. These are the kind of thoughts that come in your mind. We are not people that's faint and go back but we're people that march forward you need to swat them thoughts out of your mind and know that God called me that God has a purpose for me before I was born and exited my mother's womb and if he gave me that promise it's going to come to pass I'm not turning back I'm not quitting I'm not fainting I'm not fretting and I'm not going to be afraid I'm going to move forward Don't second guess yourself. When you look in the mirror, see what God sees. He created you and me in his image. He breathed his spirit into your lungs. You're a child of God. You're a brother to Jesus Christ. What? Break it down. Then you start saying, well, maybe I just won't do this no more. Maybe I just won't do that no more. And maybe I can start paying more attention to my hobbies. <laughs> Golfing, bowling, I don't know what people my age do anymore. <laughs> uh, get a low rider again, start cruising. Huh, Frank, you should give me that car. <laughs> you start wanting to go back. Hello? When we go through delays in our lives, we start to idolize the past. Hello? We talk about the good old days. We start talking about the good old days. Were they really that good? Huh? Were they really that good? Huh? Come on, man. I don't care how you got hurt in church. I don't care what anybody done in here. It don't come close to what's been done out there. You know? I mean, if you're Victory Hours, you don't come close to what's been done out there. Okay? I don't care. The only thing that's good about your past is that it's in your past. The grass isn't greener on the other side of the fence. The grass is greener where you water it. The good old days always look better in hindsight than they really were. But when you go back and visit them, it still stinks like it did the day you left. When we get into a project and you start having delays and you want to give up, the Israelites had been in slavery in Egypt. They were slaves and they wanted to go back. Some people would rather live in slavery than face the trials and the desert of preparation to get to freedom in their life. They rather live in their past than go through what they have to go through to get to where they really want to go to. They are not willing to push through work or work on the problem until they get it right. You gotta stick with things till you get it, man. Huh? I, I talked to an old couple and they were holding hands and kissing and smooching, and I was digging on it. That's my goal, is to be an old man still smooching and kissing. <laughs> I just hope it's your dream too, honey. (laughs) And I asked them, I said, how how you guys are like that? And they said, it wasn't always this way. Uh, I forget what they said. My words would be youngster, right? They said it was a long journey to get here. It was a lot of struggles, but it was worth it. And I said, I want it, man. I want it. You don't settle for mediocrity in life. Don't settle for less than God's best for your life. If that means going through a tunnel of conflict to get where you have to go, then go through that tunnel. In the middle of the tunnel, it's dark, and you want to run back to the light, but don't. You keep going forward. But if you've got to keep going, you'll come out on the right side. Instead of fainting, be persistent and keep praying. In Galatians 6, 9, it says, Let us never grow tired or weary of doing what's right, for we do not faint. We'll reap a harvest in, in due time or the right time. This is the law of the harvest in life. This is the law of harvest in life, boys and girls. You get what you put into it, but the law of Christianity is you get back way more than you put into it. What you plant you will harvest. If you sow criticism, you're gonna reap criticism. If you sow love, you're gonna get love. All I want is love, but all those stupid people. <laughs> Hallelujah. If you sow generosity, you'll reap back generosity. How come everybody's getting blessed? Huh? But you squeeze that money so tight that the eagles on it scream. It's one of the laws of the universe. We'll always reap more than we sow. Can I get an amen? AJ, you better come and help me land this. They let me fly the plane, AJ. Anybody in a struggle today? Christianity does not mean that you're not in a fight. But don't get in a fight without knowing how to fight. Huh? Okay? If, 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 if Tommy came and swung at me with a right, I'm not going to keep my hand down. Okay? I got different moves I can make. I can roll under it and get them in the gut. If I'm taller, I can pull back. Huh? or I can turn and let it hit my shoulder and then come back on them. You see, I learned how to fight in the world. And when I became a Christian, I heard you got to learn how to fight. If you don't know how to fight, you're going to take all kinds of blows to the face. If you're tired of getting blows, if you're tired of your situation just taking its toll on you, then you got to get a hold of God and you got to let him lead you and you got to learn how to fight you don't get afraid every battle the winner has confidence Huh? Muhammad Ali was the best he pumped fear into his opponents and that drained them of energy and that took them out of their game plan the enemy loves when you have fear But God tells you not to have fear. We are men and women called to have victory. We are to have courage. And you're not to faint. You're not to run. We got to know how to fight. In the law of harvest, there's always the delay. From sowing and to reaping. We got to know how to wait upon the Lord. There's always a season before You get what you're going to get, but you'll have to plant and water and wait. And it's during this waiting season that's very important on what we do. During this delay, God wants to see if you're going to keep cultivating. He wants to see if you're going to keep planting, if you're going to keep sowing. He's going to see if you really mean business. Or at the altar when you gave your life, if you're just mouthing a few words. It's during that testing time of commitment. I'm going to give a little bit of mine, Pastor Manuel, since you do yours. This girl here never had a guy like me. I mean, a guy you can trust. There wasn't guys like that in the world. So automatically she had no trust for me. But in time, she learned to trust me. In time, she seen that I'm there and I ain't going nowhere. You see, there's all kinds of people that mouth commitment. But when the pressure comes, they take off. Are we men and women of commitment? When pressure comes, are we a watermelon seed that, bing, we take off? Or are we like a thumbtack that we press in more? During the pressures, what do you do? Do you go find a place to hide? Or do you get on your knees and you let the Lord direct you and fill you with his Holy Spirit? You dig in deeper. You let him build you. It won't come immediately because that don't prove nothing. When I give the grandkids whatever they want immediately, that don't show I love them. I'm buying them off. But when I make them wait and I'm teaching them something, they know, Grandpa, you're doing it because you love me. No delay, no character development. No delay, no stretching your faith. Jesus said about 2,000 years earlier, you need to pray continuously and not lose your heart. This altar's open right now. His altar's open. You wanna say I'm going through a struggle. I'm having a hard time believing.